a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very profound. Expanding reality. Bernie Taylor, welcome back to the show. Your episode 218 will be located down below before Orion.com and all the ways to find you are going to be located down there equally. Now, the fun part about you coming back as a return guest is we don't need to start with the whole backstory, like everything from five years old to where we are now. What we can do, though, is invite you to just let us know what you've uh, what you've been doing in the meantime since we've talked to you last. And then, dude, let's get into this amazing presentation that you've got for us. This is going to be awesome. How are you? Well, we, I am doing awesome, but we're going to go back to 75,000 years ago. So that's kind of the back. We're going to, we're going to have to go deep today, deep, deep, deep. Oh. Um, Cause that's part of the story. And the last time we were on, we talked about the gallery discs and this journey from um, Northern Spain, uh, the rock of Gibraltar into, into Africa. And we talked about the uh, Homo Naledi. Uh, and my, my, my blog post for Homo Naledi has about nine, 10,000 views. Um, that's a lot. I mean, that's like in my world, that's a lot. You know, academic articles might find like 200 views on, and you know, nine, 10,000 views is a huge amount. And so the homo, I kind of mixed up the whole homo nullity narrative and people aren't happy. Some people, a few people are happy, but it's, um, I bet definitely pushed a few buttons and my, you know, kind of my backstory on this whole thing is I'm not out there to push buttons. I'm just looking for an alternative explanation. And typically these explanations are measurable and they're repeatable. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're not coming out of the sky. They're not coming um, through someone's figure of magnation or shadows in the cave. Um, but one of the things that's happened since the last time we talked is um, we went to Northern Spain. I went to Madrid and then to Northern Spain. And Madrid was really cool because the, um, we went to the museums with the Sophie, Regina Sofia, which has Picasso and Dali. Oh, cool. um, which is really cool. And I saw some Dolly image paintings that I hadn't seen before that talks about this kind of whole pareidolia concept of people and the faces in the mountains. And um, and it was really awesome to see this. You know, I hadn't seen this one, this one painting before, but it was like it was knockout in, uh, in Madrid. And then we saw Guernica and you can actually Guernica is the, is the big one. Right. It's, you know, probably 10 meters across and Guernica. You can now take your picture with do like a selfie, which was forbidden for many, many years. And that was cool. And so we, we saw this, this um, the modern art. Um, well, you know, I say it's Paleolithic art, but, you know, Spanish say it's modern art. And then we went, we we, uh, we saw the town and uh, some other museums and ate great food, lots of paella. Um, and we went north, went, went north by train, which was probably about four hours. We went up to Asturias. And Asturias and Cantabria are where these cave art images that I work with. What was most interesting is going north, about halfway, you just start seeing limestone mountains everywhere. I mean, it's, it was all underwater at the past. And you can really get a sense of the place that these upper Paleolithic artists lived in. 
all white mountains. And you just look at these mountains. This one looks like a bear. That one's like a horse. That was, they all look like something. Um, and it was, it was, an imag- it was a magical world to be in for people a long time ago as well as today. We'd land in Astoria. We, you know, not land, I guess, but we departed our train in Astoria. Um, and we had awesome food and cider. And there's some, so I'm, I'm not a, more more a cider than a wine person. Their cider, they fermented in, um, in uh with a lemon, okay, with lemon, and then they 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 lift it up real high, like high high farthing high the screen, and they 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 drop it or pour it into a cup that's down by my knees, okay, and uh and it sort of bubbles up, and then they do it by the shot. So whatever that shot is what you drink. And so you know another shot to do the whole thing. And so it gives it that that fer- that not just the fermentation, but it gives the, the bubble, the bubble. And at places where they, they don't have the ability to do that, where there's just a normal waiter and waiter waitress, they have a machine. You push the button on the machine and it does the exact same thing per shot. Um so it was uh it was an acquired taste and it was fun by the end. We had lots of fresh seafood and uh we stayed in we stayed next to this in in um in Yanni's on the north coast we stayed in a uh sort of a bed uh airbnb that was next to a church and the church was probably 14 15th century and we told the time by the clocks by the bells so we didn't have to have a watch and uh you know and he, 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 here we look at people look at their phones and their watches it's just so unholy you know it's it's just not godly whereas in the Yanni's we listen to the the voice of the angels so they say the bells That's so that was fun and uh, the same thing in Madrid. And so in Madrid, we were totally hung up. We were we were um, we had jet lag for two or three days, and we didn't have to get up to check our phones to see what time it was. We just listened, count the bells, and it was the same thing in Yanis. But the tough thing about Spain, if anybody has been there, is that the restaurant st- dinner doesn't start till eight o'clock. Okay, I mean that's that's when the oven actually opens up, and so we're able to figure out a, sort of a fried food regime, but good fried food or fish. Um, and it was we just had a, we had a great time and met new people. Actually, we met people that I've been communicating for years and archaeologists uh, as well. Um, and then we you know we connected with lots of people in northern Spain and Madrid, and we just had a good old time for about two weeks. Um, and uh, so that's what I did in September, and then it came back. And I started working on what our program is today. And something I'd seen back in July, but I was busy with all these other things, including the home of the lady, which we talked about last time. And so I was holding on to this. Um, and it, it was a, and just so happened that by the time I finished my presentation on it, it just jumped out in the media again, because people were, re, were kind of, were retelling their story and how momentous their discovery was, which we're gonna learn today, pretty incredible discovery. Just as doesn't not what they thought it was, and uh, so that's where uh, that's where we are in time and space and the last few months. Outstanding! It's been wild. It sounds like you've just been crushing it, dude. I, I love this. What amazing adventure you've been on, and then now you're you're back to the work, and you've got some fascinating stuff we're going to talk about. I mean, I'm not even going to ruin it. Actually, I'm just going to be grateful that you're here and thank you once again um and then also to remind the audience that uh his first episode episode number 218 and all the other ways to find him located down in the show description guys check it out for damn sure love you some bernie taylor okay bernie absolutely so, where do you want to start buddy well for everybody out there audio podcast land we're gonna have images we're gonna have a lot of images Look at this guy. so you got to go on youtube okay you can listen in it'll be really cool we have great conversation you can hear about my cider 
with yes, fermented t- with and, lemon. And I tell you what, we're doing the Patreon thing now, but all of these episodes go up there for free. So actually, the link for this video, the video version of it, over on Patreon, will be up down in the show description as as well as all the ways to find you. But good note, dude, you you nailed it. You're crushing it at this. You know that. People need because these are the most the most some of the most important images in the history of mankind. Yeah, you shout out mankind. the video version. Absolutely. So you got to get out there. So we're gonna, we're going to do some video. We're gonna what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to jump to a share screen, and um, we're going to slideshow. Slideshow. Uh, we're gonna go to slideshow. We're gonna go from current slide, and you see the the first slide, correct? Yes. The anthro art. Yes. We are rocking it. Uh, it took me a few months to figure this whole thing out. <laughs> but, you know, during it. COVID, what else could what, what else was there to do? Um, so we I'm we glad have, you didn't um, just drink yourself stupid. You know, well done on you. Well, you know, if I had because there's some options, more Bernie, that, you know, but you chose to study uh, Neanderthal art. And I think that that's really responsible. And not only that, but adorable and fucking cool. Yeah. Well, I also had some time to, you know, do some lots of cider. <laughs> okay. Well, then there you um, go. Yeah. From way up high down to my cup. Cool stuff. That's right. And so we're going to talk about Neanderthal art today. And Neanderthal art is with a question mark. That is really, really, really important. Um, and there have been claims of Neanderthal art for about a decade. Okay. Um, and they've been in the literature, the scientific literature, and popular media, all these different places. And there is a question did Neanderthal actually make art? Uh, or cave art, one should say. I'm okay with saying that they made a, um, they, they, you know, they made a, you know, a spearhead, a flake to the white. I would call that art. I'm good with that. I'm good with shells around the neck as calling it art. And I'm just good with p- people putting pigment on their bodies as art. But this, so we're going to talk about uh, cave art on the walls of caves, which is a step up um, be, be, than p- someone painting the body, which I'm actually really cool with. Um, so can any of these things be scientific validated, which is the, the, the question we're going to ask today? Well, just this past July, big study came out. Neanderthals created Europe's oldest intentional gravings up to 75,000 years ago, study suggests, in live science. So therefore, it must be true, right? That's right, right? Oh, we got a, a doubtful brand in here. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doubting so, Thomas. And I think it served us well, by the way. Okay. Uh, the doubting Thomases throughout history. We've been like, eh, exactly. I don't know. So here we have another news from the University of Bordeaux. And they say, this one says, La Rose Qatar, the oldest gravens in France, identified on the walls of a cave. And they're saying 57,000 to 75,000 years ago. So anyways, now the numbers are dropping, right? And so what happens is people... Um, archaeologists and just about everybody you always give your bigger number you got some bass in your farm on your in your land do you say you know if you caught three bass and one was you know 12 inches and one was 16 and one was 20 which one do you talk about <laughs> right nobody talks about the you say you caught three big three big bass or say one is 20 but joe people push the numbers to make it more interesting now this dating is is not on the engravings themselves but rather the the access to the cave so they said that the, the archaeologists believe that there was a um, was a river nearby, and the river had washed over the cave entrance, and that cave entrance had been closed down up to about fifty seven thousand years ago. So they say that it had to have been made after, you know, before fifty seven thousand years ago because of the, the, the how the cave was um, closed up, okay, by the by the, the river. So that's important. We're not we're not talking about the dating of the cave art. We're talking about the dating of access to the cave. 
Okay. So there was a, there's a documentary documentary on um, our, um what's it? It's, it's actually you can see it not in the U.S. If anybody out there in Europe, it's on Arte, and uh, it's about the Neanderthals, prose of Neanderthal art, La Rose Cotard, which is the cave we're talking about, and the, the the story of the man who spent his lifetime on this journey. Probably a really good, cool story, but it's blocked in the United States. Um, so. It's out you there. can't even watch it online. Like if I ask one of yeah, our um, one of one of our people out there to send me a link to this thing, I couldn't link it down there with this, and we could watch it online somewhere. Yeah, so you can actually get the link. You can go to the link online. You can go to the page, the little the page of this the, for the, the documentary. But when you go into it, you um, it's you push the button. This is not available in the United States. Well, actually, not bitch. not available where you live. Yeah, but it's a. It appears to be like a public access program that it appears to be people Nazi in Europe propaganda. Are... What do you think? Yeah. Is there something deep hidden in this thing? But you've seen it. And you've gotten access to this thing, so you're able no, to I, be. No, I, 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 I can't. Because you can't. I can't. What about if somebody? I... All right, look, everybody out there, uh, guys, everybody. <laughs> I know somebody's listening to this, going, "Fuck that, mate." I'm going to just record it on me phone while the street screen's on, and you guys can do this. And uh, just send me a send me a thing of it, Bernie. I'm going to shoot you a copy of this thing. We're going to find out why it's so banned and elusive. <laughs> Maybe they don't want me to see it, to make a mess of it, like Fuck everything that. else. We're, we're doing okay. It. So, um, so there's. When people say this is Neanderthal art and it's fifty-seven thousand, must be it's fifty-seven thousand years ago. Therefore, can't be Homo sapiens. Us is because the oldest evidence of Homo sapiens in Europe is about fifty-four thousand years ago, and it's based on a molar or a tooth. And in in another cave in, in France, there was found a there was Neanderthal remains or artifacts. There was this um, Homo sapiens no, no, um, molar with artifacts, and there were Neanderthals on top. So Neanderthals there, Homo sapiens were there. They left. Neanderthals came back again. And so what they're saying is it has to be older than that because 54,000 years ago we have this molar. molar. But the, this Neanderthal story 10 years ago was, was based on 30,000 years ago because we didn't have any evidence at that time that Neanderthals had been earlier, had been Europe earlier. And so the, 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 the I'm sorry, Homo, Homo sapiens dates get keep getting pushed back, 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 back further in time. And now we're 54,000 years ago. And all that all that stuff that was claimed that was 30, 35, 40,000 years ago, 10 years ago, it's still said to be Neanderthal art, but the, the, the validation that Homo sapiens weren't there is no longer there. It's it's nonsensical. And, uh, but, it, you know, people, people, you know, they keep to their stories that, you know, they keep to their fame and their, their plaques and trophies and things like that. So the story, the, the narrative of, the, the closing off of the cave and how they dated it that way and all that sort of stuff is in a um, open access paper plus one, the earliest ambiguous Neanderthal engravings on cave walls at La Roche Cotard in, in France. And some great pictures in this paper. These, they were awesome at doing pictures. And they have two kinds of pictures and images and they have, one is an actual photograph of the panels. And then they illustrate where they believe that there are lines, and actually finger lines, they're called flutings, finger lines that are made by the artists, the, the they say the Neanderthal artists. And they did a really awesome job on work figuring out what the um, what these finger lines were. And I thought, I, th I mean, I just, and they they gave all the images. Now there's a program in the United States that around the world, it fell in California, developed it called D-Stretch, John Harmon. And what D-Stretch does is it, it, uh, it substitutes um, images 
Um, so a black might become blue, for example, in this case. And, and, and I threw D-stretch at this. Um, and what you can see is that there's actually a lot more going on in this panel than what we see that they had in their finger flutings. Because what, what's going on is that there's natural irregularities on the cave wall, on the panel. And those natural irregularities fit in with the with perhaps a theme of this. There's also, there's actually colorations on the panel. There's differences between the, the foreground of brown and it's actually the white, whites in the background, but on this image we see it as neon green. Um, and so there's actually differences in coloration on this panel. Really cool, really cool idea, um, which they didn't consider for two reasons. One is they just saw the finger flutings, and number two is they assumed that homo the Neanderthals didn't make art like as we know, therefore they need to go look for art as we know it. Important concept. Okay. And next to that, what I just showed you there is another panel. It's like right next to it. And it's called the undulated panel. And on, we can see the same thing. We see they did an awesome job of picking out these, these finger lines on the panel. I mean, it, it's, um, it's tedious work. Um, it's not something that I could do. I could throw D stretch at it just like I'm doing right now. And like, whoa, you know, I got stuff. When was and on that this illustrated? Image, it says it was illustrated in 2023. This year? Oh, that's where the paper the paper came out in 2023. So they illustrate within the last two years. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so this is this is brand new stuff. This came out in July. The paper came out in July, but I was wrapped up with uh, the Homo Luddy stuff and we we're going to Spain. I put it on the back shelf and I came back afterwards to pull it together in a presentation. And so we get a panel that's right next to it. Oh, they. Uh, is called the, the undulated panel. And we can see the same concept. We see the, the awesome finger lines, the great archaeology, but we can also see differences in coloration on the same panel. Cool stuff. Man, that, and, uh, that not to cut you off here, but I'm going to do it. That uh, at the bottom there, right above the word, it looks like a hand with just the fingers sort of lopped off here, but it's got like a watch on. Do you see that? I see what you're looking at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, I, I, I is that pareidolia? That, is that what I'm doing? So we're going to, we're going to go, we're, we're going to talk about it. that. We're, we're going to go there. We, I don't want to get we have places, okay, I get excited. We have places to go. We have places to see. This is Take us, now, if you, Take us. anybody out there who views rock art, you can download D stretch for about 40 bucks online. You type in D stretch and you get on your, your cell phone, you get on your laptop, you get on your, your pad and do not look at rock art without using D stretch. You can take a picture, you can take a picture and then take it home. That's cool. But you can get also get on your cell phone and you can you can actually use it in the field. Because what happens is that people, well, in the field, you look at rock art, there's obviously some of it's been worn off and you often have rock, you have art on top of the other art and D stretch separates that for you. It separates the colorations. In this case, we're not actually looking at, perhaps we're not looking at colorations, but different um, like, nobody painted it red for example but what we're looking at is different layers of coloration as the as the finger lines took away material okay so that's an important concept and so my position is that those two images we just saw are actually one panel and i'm calling it the panel of the bears because there is no name for this panel and what the what the french and the spanish love about me so much uh, the archaeologists is that i name panels for that and uh, it's just been like this this bond we have with each other. Will you other. let me name one next time? The next one? Absolutely. You okay. know, I actually have a I actually have a deal. Um, when I did the gallery of the discs, there were I put it out. I went out there online and I said, anybody, if you see something here that I can't see, let me know. And there was a guy. There was a guy who said, "Well, I see a bird there." 
And um, we worked it back and he was absolutely right. It was uh, it was an ostrich. And I totally missed it. I totally missed it. And which is which is cool. And so I named the ostrich after his he, he's just his daughter. We named it after his daughter. And, and the name of that her, his daughter is in the book for the ostrich. And um, so the so absolutely we'll name we'll, we'll do a we'll do a panel. Yeah, I've got Beautiful. stacks of these things. Love okay. it. So the I'm saying that these two are actually one panel. Lots of lines and different. You can see different colorations and um, things. Lot, lots going on there, and we can look at it with D stretch again. You just throw D stretch, and you it's magical. Okay. Um, and if you do yeah. any sort of you know contact in the cabin type of thing, you, your program. If you go to a rock art place, I mean, if you anywhere near a rock art place, get D stretch and bring it out with you, and you just like blow everybody like wow, you know, I see things. So anyway, that the panel that they are viewed through D-Stretch, we can see all these different colorations in addition to their 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 finger tracing lines made by the question mark, okay? They say Neanderthals, we will see. So I contacted the um, I contacted the the, prim- the primary author of the study, who's, who's the main character in the documentary, the French fellow, and he's like in his mid-70s, and this is like in his life's work. Um, he's got a lot of pride, there's a lot of national pride in this whole thing. I said, hey, this is what I got going on here. <laughs> And uh, he was very kind. He said, "Well, I've got two. I've got two French friends who are prominent archaeologists who agree 100 percent with what I say." Okay. So, um, but what he didn't do is he didn't go out to the other 25 people in the paper and ask them what they thought, which was probably not the smart move. And what I didn't realize at the time is his he was sure he had a documentary coming out. There's no way he was going to change his position because the documentary was entirely this RT people can see it in 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 Europe. The documentary is based on the, his whole story about this, how we discovered the NFL art, which we will determine today together, you and I, if it's in Hell fact true. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And so we can see on this panel, we see a mother bear. Fascinating. Absolutely. You can see that how the muzzle of the mother bear is um, is um, brownish. You can see that darker brown. You can see her eye just above the muzzle. You can see the haunches on, her, on the front haunch on her back. You can see, you know, perhaps a, the, is it the left paw coming forward, left arm. Um, and so we, it kind of, once you see it, it jumps out. You can, you cannot not see it. You know, it's, it's, it's a visual thing. It's a bear or a chartreuse. Uh, what do they call yeah. those? Not chartreuse, uh, sharpay. You know, those little sharpay. dogs that are like really, really wrinkly. It looks it's like actually, it's a like wrinkly a yeah, I'll give dog. You, I'm going I'm to give you that one. Just ne- add next it in time there, I see you know? I, next time I'll call it the, the panel of Possibilities. Sharpay. Possibilities. So, <laughs> So not not only do we have a mother bear, but we've got a cub hanging off her back. Whoa! Oh, wow, That's isn't adorable. that cool? Yes, isn't that adorable? So the cub is looking straight at us. I mean, you and I. I mean, it's looking at us in the audience. Um, we're we're the viewers, um, and it's just hanging off the back there. It's like really, really, really cool. Which is what bear cubs do. You, you know, go to Alaska or you look, go online, Google picture bear cubs. Um, in Alaska, you see them hanging off the, the back of the mother bear. Um, I've been to Alaska a few times and I, um, I took fishing. I went fishing up in Alaska and uh, for trout and sabot. And I remember going down the river and the, the guide used to talk about, you know, we'd see a moose and we'd see a big bear with their cubs and which one would, which one would win in a fight. And um, um, guide said it, the guide said it was the bear the moose so it's all interesting 
is we have other characters. We have this feline, feline meaning cat. It's a big cat. And it looks, it looks like it's hanging on the top of the, the, the bear. Now the face is a little difficult to see, but you can see the tail and the, the, the hind. Okay. And the tail is like really, really, really cool. Cause that is not natural. I would say that someone, the artist put a bo- carved a bone and stuck it in the wall. Cause it's, it's impossible for any sort of dripping or erosion to form that shape. It's just like the waving of a cat. Now, what's interesting about this this image is that it goes, Winston Churchill once said that cats, um, dogs look up to us, cats look down on us, and the pigs, they treat us as equals. Um, and we really have this, this cat, this big feline looking down. And the, is the, so the feline is sort of hanging around on top of, of the cub. Uh, we don't, it definitely hasn't taken the cub away because otherwise the mother bear would be, would be all over it. And we can see that in D-stretch again and it really pulls out that tail and the, the hind area of the cat. So that was, um, that's a, a relief, okay? So somebody, you know, carved that thing out of the wall and, and I would say stuck a bone in there for the shape of the end of the tail. Really, really cool stuff. But we, we can see that the relationship and also between the feline and the and the, ba- and the bear cub. Um, this is about as cool as you, by the way, this is about as cool as you can get in rock art, in cave art. It's very and, uh, cool. And maybe it's some sort of like a Neolithic Homeward Bound situation. Are you familiar with the Homeward Bound movie? Remember it came out in like the 90s, I think? Yes, I did. Yeah, with the bears. With the two dogs and the cat running around. But instead of the two dogs, it's two bears and the cat. And so instead of this like predatory element, maybe they're just traveling together, you know, getting into adventure. Except now that we've just introduced I would like to name that panel Neolithic Homeward Bound type situation. That's actually, well, it'll be Opera Paleolithic. Oh, wow. Paleolithic Homeward Bound. There you go. So now we have hyenas looking on. So we have the feed line on top, on top, the heat, the, the hyenas looking on from the viewers far right. And uh, this is at least two hyenas. And this is not the first time I've seen hyenas in Upper Paleolithic Cave Art, but it's really, really, really cool. Um, so and if you're out there in podcast land and audio, you got to come to YouTube and subscribe when, you, when yeah, you're there. Check the, check the link in the show description, guys. He's got a whole thing going here. He really does this right. Um, come check it out. Link's right down below. Absolutely. And so we, we it's the, the story is not done. You would ask, you saw a hand in there. Well, actually, the, the what you saw is with a part of that hand is actually the the rear left leg of an antelope. Okay, so the, it's actually a dead antelope. Okay. And below the dead antelope is a servant or deer. Okay. So these two animals are both dead, whereas everything else, the the, the mother bear, the, the baby bear, the the feline and the hyenas, they're all alive. And so this is, we're probably in a cave here and this is their, their winter food. And these other animals, the hyena and the feline are kind of trying to nibble in on the winter food. I Interesting, see. right? Mm-hmm. And you actually, and you, you really can't, you can, and you can't see the other animals. I'm sorry. You can cannot see the, the entire profile of the bear, the body, because these other animals are laying on top of it or, you know, like the hyenas are at, are at form its hind, but really cool antelope. And um, laying on its back, and it's dead. Um, so we are. This is a, a, a scene. Now he, this is interesting. There is a character that I have no freaking idea what it is, and I don't know that it's a foot or it's a um, a hand. But I'm pretty sure that would help us identify what the bear is actually eating. Or there's another character that the viewers far left. Another possibility. 
I don't have the full image. It's, it's quite possible as a character, the view is far left. And this may be some sort of a, a hand or a foot that connects to that character. Don't know, because we don't have enough information. Because the, these the, the archaeologists who work in this weren't thinking about there's a hand or a foot there. <laughs> they didn't go. They were working the finger tracings and um, you know that that sort of stuff. And we can cut. We can put the whole picture together, and it's totally awesome. We can see the the mother bear with this leg or foot under her. We see the the feline at the top of the panel that's stalking over the the, the the bear cub. The bear cub seems to nip a little bit on the antelope. The servant or deer is below, and then the the. Um, the hyena is behind. Perhaps the hyena is actually formed the hind of the of the bear. I didn't feel that those lines in, but we can we can see this you know compilation of animals, and this is probably in a cave, and the mother bear is probably sleeping because if she wasn't sleeping, she'd be all over the hyenas and the the feline to protect her own bear cub. And when that bear cub get, catches wind of what's going on, bear cub's going to squeal, and this whole thing's just going to be. An eruption of absolute chaos, and that is the panel of the bears. And this is this is what I sent to the the French archaeologists um, last last July. And I was reaching out. I was being a really nice guy. Saying, this is what I have. You guys have done amazing work. I'm open to uh, this. May or may not be Neanderthals, but it may be Neanderthal almost even hybrids. I said I was okay with that idea. You know, so I wasn't like totally rocking their boat. And they um, we got the well. You know, I've got two French archaeologists standing behind me. <laughs> okay. Well, what I didn't, what um, I, I looked at briefly at that time, but I actually hadn't explored further, was um, three more panels that had in the cave. And I, I looked at them right away. I said, okay, I see some stuff going on, but I, I'm going to put it on the shelf. And then I came back and looked at it more deeply in October. So we're not, that's not that long ago. And there's three panels called the triangle panel, the dotted panel, and the linear panel. We're going to go through each one of these. We'll use the same tools that we used in the previous image. We're going to we're going to use D-Stretch, the program of programs. And the first one is the so-called triangle panel. And we see, I see woolly mammoths. I mean, I it's not like, it's not like oh, maybe, yeah. maybe not. I yeah, see woolly yeah, mammoths. Yeah. And what this probably is, is woolly mammoths in the wintertime. Um, but not just woolly mammoths that w are walking around, but it might even be like paradoia of like an ice sheet that looks like woolly mammoths. So I don't, I'm not, I, I think, I believe, 100% convinced this is woolly mammoths, but, and that they saw natural irregularities in the wall and they brought it out from there. But it's also possible that this could be like some sort of ice falls or cliff area outside the cave that they got that idea from. Because it's, that's what it looks like. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in around ice sheets and what it looks like. Okay, and here we have a you know without the D stretch, we're looking at it just an outline, and um, and it, the, the 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 there's a mother and her juvenile mammoth, and the the right leg forward right root leg of the mammoth mother mammoth is kind of slipping, kind of pushing nudging the the juvenile along, yeah, kind of cool image, yeah, and, I see uh, it. yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Now there's another one, uh, so called dotted panel, and this one. I'm going with it's oryx and snow. Oryx are bovine, you know, big cows, right? And um, and what we see is the we can see the head of one oryx, and um, pretty clear to me. And what forms the head on the the the, the muzzle or this indented area on one oryx determines the the oryx behind her. We can also see the oryx behind her, kind of over her the back of her shoulders. And then what we find is we only have those dots on what I'm saying is the oryx. I'm saying it's snow. I'm calling that snow. 
And uh, whereas below where, where I'm saying there's aurochs, the, the, the snow disappears. Um, and those those dots disappear. And then we have the four legs of the aurochs. And we, we can also see the um, kind of like like the hair, that the, the, the fur looks like it's frozen as it's hanging down. Um, again, we're talking a winter scene. All three of these, and you know, the bears are hibernating in a cave. Um, I'm saying that the, the woolly mammoths, as well as oryx and snow, isn't that poetic? It's beautiful. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean Brandon and snow might have been better, but you know, <laughs> oryx and stuff. But I can still name you or somebody else. I can name these oryx. I like I mean, yours. It's... We'll have a contest for it. If you, when you have one come up, we'll we'll come up with something cool, and enough people that share some of your work or something like that get to name your panel, something like that. We'll come up with something fun. Just we'll throw us a couple yeah, of actually. new panels aside, and we'll we'll do something awesome with it. Share the love. New panels, you know. There's this is it's a limited quantity out there. It's a it's a scant resource. That's what I'm saying. This so, is a, a beautiful thing. So you guys got to take advantage of it. Yeah, cool stuff. So here we have uh, without the D stretch, we can see the original with the with the, the two orcs and it's orcs in snow. Um, and you, there might be tails of the orcs behind, not really clear because they've broken off some of the bit of the panel up there. So I don't want to take any, it'd be too risky on what I interpret, but I'm pretty good with that first and second orcs and in the snow. Okay. And then we find it, we have another panel called so-called linear panel, which is totally meaningless, but I couldn't rename this one because it had a name, right? I mean, I could, the other, I could put two together and name it, but I can't name it. Yeah. That's not fair game. Okay. So it's a bear. It's a mother, there's a bear, maybe a mother bear, maybe not, don't know. And um, the, the ears are either as I draw them coming off the back of the head or they're on top. I'm not really sure. And you can kind of see if you look in the, the kind of blue, practically blue on top of the, the bear, not too, too uh, big a stretch to make. I'm not sure. And, um, but I, 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 it's out there both ways. And what we can see in this, this bear is that the tongue is out and we can see the right arm just reaching out towards something. It's just reaching out there, reaching out to space as, as we, in this image. And here we can look at his, the original image um, against my illustration. So de-stretch doesn't like make anything up, um, but an awesome bear. And it's also a very thin bear. Um, I've looked at a lot of images of the bears over, over time, and I've actually seen bears in the wild. This is the thin bear. This is the late winter scene. This bear hasn't had much food in a while. Okay. Um, it kind of looks so like we one of those actually, giant tree sloths. You know what I mean? It does, actually, yeah. Would but that be really in the same time period, or would they have come in uh, contact with well, them? Well, the answer is, yeah, you potentially could have it, but tree sloths look a little different. Um, but it's... It's just a it's a thin bear, um, and I have images in these parallel caves. I mean, just like this, where you've got a, a you know plump bear over there, and you got a really thin bear over here, and it just it's it's a thing. You know, it's it's bears when they when they haven't eaten for a few months, they get they get on the thin side. Well, it makes sense um, if you only have so much uh, so many things you can convey, and you want to do it in an image, and you have a lot of things that can be summed up in an image. Then having a bear delineated in different sizes would tell you sort of multitude of things yes the time period in which you're depicting the bear was in just by depicting the bear skinny now you're depicting a winter bear i get it I, it makes sense to yeah depict the same animal at different phases of uh i guess cycles of winter. year because yeah absolutely yeah. it makes sense. absolutely so in in the just in front of the, the, the breast of this bear there's a little animal i have no idea what it is I, I mean i have absolutely no idea i will tell you that um newborn bear bears like you know, days old, kind of look like this animal. Um, they look like rats. I'm not going to say they're rats, but they look like freaking rats. This what about looks one like of those rat. little uh, Arctic uh, mongooses? So you know, that's another idea. And I, and I, I'm saying I don't really know. It could be a, it could be some sort of rodent. 
Um, there's no a mongoose. It could well, it could be a lot of things. I just don't know. And um, but we we find it again. Oh shit! We Is find it in the mouth. In a mouse. That's what that looks like. It does. So it actually looks like it, it, the same sort of animals in the mouth of another animal, which I don't know what it is. I mean, I can't say I get, you know, a feline would not be a bad call. I just maybe don't like the know. bear was that was the little thing's friend because it looked alive in front of in the other image. If you don't mind, Bernie, will you talk back to the image? There okay, goes. so there he looks alive and happy and pumped up with his bear or sloth friend. But in the next image, if you if you would, Bernie. Then now he looks like his friends got yeeted off by some cat, you know? So in the next image, is it him like chasing off and whooping the cat and getting his friend back or? Well, you know, that's, that's a pretty good narrative. And um, it's like a paleolithic Tom and Jerry right there. So the next image is actually the coolest images in, in this whole presentation. It's an Arctic Fox. It has a short snout. And when you see it, it just pop. You're like, Oh, you see it? Do you have a mouse or anything you can trace for us? Yeah, okay. Okay, okay here's the yeah. eye. Here's the eye, and there's the ear. And there's the short snout. And the mouth. Under Holy mouth. shit, like, there it is. Okay, it kind of looks like a it, raccoon from the side, but I get where you're talking about fox because that's that's what would be in the area. I get it. Wow, that's well, interesting. Well, not just what would be in the area, but so I, the, foxes in France do not look like that today. They look just like the ones down in Texas and here in Oregon. Um, that, but that's what an art the, the fox in the Arctic look like. The, the, there's different types of fox, fox in the Arctic, but in the Arctic they do have that blunt nose, this blunt snout. And so I mean, I really, I really, I mean, I really thought about that one. And um, the closest match is is a is an Arctic like fox with a shorter snout, but the ears it's just like. The ears are fox. They're fox ears. You know the eyes and the under chin and the actually those teethies in there. Um, it's like really, really, really cool. I, it's it just pops when you see it. Um, and these these awesome French archaeologists in the cave. I mean, what this they miss the beauty of the panel. I mean, we just we can only give sympathy for their for their loss. And um, and so we put those all together. We. What's the story? The the mother bear is waving off the fox. The the other f animal, which I have no idea what it is, when Simba's not, could be a Simba, um, could be a lion, has a little rodent in its mouth or like baby bear right out of the, the sack. kind of stretched out. I'm going to still put mongoose on the list. Like those little Arctic ones, you know what I mean? They're adorable. They're, they're yeah. like minks or whatever. They're tiny. Minx, they're yeah, I, cute as I, shit. It, yeah, and I'm okay with it because I just freaking I don't know. I mean, I'm fair enough. I'm I do not have all the answers in the universe at the moment. Give me time. No, who does? Give me who a few lifetimes. That? A few lifetimes, we'll figure it out. So the, let's talk about you know what are what are other things like this? Well, these finger fluting type of art can be found in the Chauvet Cave. In the Chauvet Cave, the oldest of the art in the Chauvet Cave is dated to thirty seven thousand years ago. Okay, that doesn't mean that this finger fluting is of 30,000 years. It could be of 16, it could be 20. We don't know because it wasn't dated. But the oldest is 37,000 years ago. And this one, there's a whole bunch of characters in there. There's that, I think there's a mammoth and there's a reindeer and all different stuff. Um, but that's the Chauvet Cave in France. Chauvet Cave is like the 
the um the upper pelvic louvre for the france it is the big deal um there is if you ask if you if you, if you, you could talk to french about, about any art in the world um and they'll just well is it as, it's not as good as el chauvet you know it's it's, it's it is a it, this is the this is the thing and uh and the chauvet was found probably about or, or actually refound about 25 years ago so it's not that old and there was a movie made by werner herzog it called the cave of forgotten dreams and it was about chauvet and they it was all about you know spirituality and basically you know, not be able to explain anything like we're talking about today. Okay. Fair enough. So basically, but cave of forgotten dreams. And so I see it for everybody out there. So um, we didn't talk about this. In pre- I mean, I've, I have a lot of material that we haven't done in previous um, presentations and conferences. I've talked about other bears. They're found in uphill cave. And these are all, all Northern Iberia, Northern Spain. Um, and uh, um, we have three panels and they each have bears and they have, bear cubs and the bear cubs are either being they're some way being protected by the mothers um and one of them the, the one in the middle there is protected by hyenas and i've you know taken the lip since none of these panels actually had names i have taken the liberty to name them all panel of the bears the panel of the bears and the panel of the bears okay <laughs> and uh and so i this is this is my deep personal connectionship with um spanish archaeologists that I've been able to bring forth some names for them to these panels. And I'm sure they appreciate that very much. Um, so these are, they're really cool stuff. And um, and this is, it's, it's like its own presentation. But the point of the matter in this one is that we have images in the Upper Paleolithic made by Homo sapiens in time periods between, mm, between 16 and 27,000 years ago that have bears, bear cubs, hyenas, and other animals, um, and and the top one is, seems to be a hibernating situation. Something in its mouth. It's actually a, it's a wolverine. You talk a wolver. It's a wolver. The top one is a wolverine in its mouth. Hell it's yeah! It's actually pieces of a wolverine. Um, and um, so the we have these these scenes in Homo sapiens uphill of cave art in northern Spain, and I frankly I haven't gone through all the, the French caves to figure out if the, what they do and do not have. Um, and have so, you ever done psychedelics, so the, Bernie? Um, like mushrooms I have done, or LSD or okay, anything like that? I did. I did shrooms. Okay. I did shrooms twice. I, I did them under. Well, shrooms became legal, decriminalized in Oregon about three years ago. Heard about that? How's that going up there? Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a step. So a few things have happened. One is it became decriminalized. And the second stage was to have it for use therapeutic use, and you can in a group setting, each person starting in like three months can pay $850 each to go have a group setting with a therapist and, you know, some sort of like emergency team in the same facility, $850 a person. Does that interest you? No interest at all. Right. Not, not at all. Like zero, 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 zero. Sounds like the last thing that you do. Yeah. And so um, I did twice, did shrooms twice and I'll, and I did it for, um, I didn't, you didn't until it was decriminalized and nothing to that just became more available decriminalized right and right. i learned two things <laughs> i learned <laughs> i learned two <laughs> things one thing i learned is that um if you you have no eye hand coordination okay so you're not going to write your best novel your best song on shrooms because you won't even be able to read your own handwriting so nobody did this art in shrooms they couldn't because they didn't have the eye hand coordination 
My question is, have you sat with your work and looked at it while on mushrooms? Yeah, okay, we're going to go there. 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 Oh, my God. I know. I just get ahead of you. My bad. So, yeah. So, and the second part is nobody could have even walked into these. These are deep caves. These are very dangerous caves. Nobody was walking around in these caves on shrooms either because you lose your, you know. What about with the idea of the food of the gods idea that we're actually the monkeys? Total bullshit. Total bullshit. Total BS. Complete nonsense. Absolutely utter nonsense. I mean, not even close. And so when they took the mushrooms outside the cave and then like, we're like, oh, I got to draw something. What is drawing? And they're like, let me show you. And they're all like tripping. Because this is what happens. So I've looked at cave art. Um, kind of, kind of the final stage of doing stuff was uh, I looked at stuff that I had seen, I actually studied, and I looked at stuff that I hadn't studied. And this is what shrooms does. What shrooms does, it looks like things are floating, okay, but they're not floating. What your eyes are doing are trying to f- to find what it actually is. So we're talking. I mean, you can have a, pa- a face of your 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 best buddy in front of you, and the face can be like floating around and whatever. Oh, yeah. And so when you're when you're when you're on shrooms, you lose you actually lose the ability to do this or see things in detail. There's no freaking way that you're going to be able to draw any of these things on shrooms because you everything's floating around in you. And so and how I figured this out was that I made notes on my no- my 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 pa- my, my uh, pictures, and I couldn't read my own notes. <laughs> Dude, I, it's, it's so in it's some like accent. crazy Neanderthal handwriting. You tapped into a Neanderthal. You embodied the actual artist that you were yeah. in that past life so that created so this thing. That's wild. What pop, about that? Have you thought about of, that? That you're yeah, the artist well, of this stuff and you're just discovering your own work? Well, I like don't think any of this stuff is Neanderthal. So that's the whole thing. Okay. So we're here. We're back to this concept. All these things, Neanderthal. Okay. I don't believe in Neanderthal. Okay, so there's a few problems we kind of start off this program with. What makes Neanderthal, what's the Homo sapiens? We're now at 54,000 years ago that we have definite Homo sapiens in Europe by the molar. No question about it. Nobody debates it. These guys are saying that the cave was closed off 57,000 57, years ago, and there was that 3,000 years that nobody was there. Well, first of all, we only have evidence of the molar that, that Homo sapiens were there 54,000 years ago. Homo sapiens were in Europe before they left that molar, right? Um, it's just like, we just, that's the evidence. So that's one evidence. The second evidence is Neanderthals were in Europe for hundreds of thousands of years. And the only cave um, art on walls that people are calling out are on these borderlines. Okay, so this one, they're saying 3,000 years. Well, must have been Neanderthal because Homo sapiens, the line is drawn in 54. Well, we were saying that 10 years ago, people were saying that it was at 30,000, and it was 35,000, it was 40,000. And all those 30, 30, 30, 30, 45,000 ages they're all history now but they're still calling it near for art because at that time it was published in the period journal therefore it must be true which is total bullshit too but the, as a concept that um we're now at we're at 57 for the, they're saying this block closed off at 57 therefore it can only be the anthos because a homo sapiens only up in the area to 54,000 years absolute nonsense now this is why i will i will be good with okay it's hybrid doesn't mean that the hybrid you had to have a hybrid to make the art but it could have been a hybrid homo sapiens um mixed with neanderthals 300,000 years ago so our dna goes back that far in neanderthals and it, it w- went back that far in what we call palestine or israel today depending on your politics and so the the um we had that mixing 300,000 years ago and there's nothing this believe that these people did not have homo sapien i'm sorry neanderthal homo sapien hybrids that in fact made this cave art but it has i would say that it's not because we had the neanderthal genes that made the cave art but you know we were just 
we're just mixed, you know? Um, so the, I'm okay. And this is what I said to the French and I was going to like, let them off easy. Right. I was going to say, okay, guys, we'll just call it homeless sapiens, the Anathol cave art. And you guys are good. There's, you could, you win. I mean, you, you could be famous because you would then have the, you would have evidence of the first Oros homo sapiens Neanderthal cave art in the world, which sounds a lot better than Neanderthal. I think homo Neanderthal sounds dope as shit. What about that? Well, homo, yeah, well, actually, so it's, yeah, yeah. So homo sapiens Neanderthal would be like, you know, ho, yeah, so, well, actually, yeah, you homo could Homo Neanderthal. I think bro. that, it's it sounds actually, like a band I think, name. I think Homo Neanderthal is the actual species of Neanderthals, but we just say Neanderthals. Oh, okay, okay. Like it's actually well, Homo Neanderthals. So I'm glad somebody yeah. fucking did it. So yeah, so we would need to say that the the, the, the sapiens Neanderthal, something like that. But um, so yes, I'm good with the blend. I'm absolutely, I have no issue with that. But it's not the blend, and this is the reason why. So in in South Africa, on actually sub-Saharan Africa, there's no Neanderthal DNA in people. And they make just as, historically made just as good art as people north of the Sahara. So it doesn't have, if you have more or less Neanderthal DNA, doesn't make you a better or less artist. So there's no relationship between the, between the genes um, and the art, which is kind of a, um, so, you know, we look at these images and we, um, they made the decision not on the dating of the panels or the characters of the panels or any connection with other things. They just based it on, they said the cave closed 57,000 years ago and the Homo sapiens were only there in France to 54,000 years ago. I mean, that exact day, not like 47,000 in one day and one, just like 47,000. Not a week later, not a month later, not, you know, a year later. And they said that, I mean, that's, that's the line. And I say that is totally absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And uh, so now these said so they've been out there in the media and I've followed in the media and um, I've had hundreds of people read. I did this as a presentation for a, a conference symposium a month ago. And I then put that, the, the say the program or the, the notes onto Academia EDU where people go. And a few hundred people, um, archaeologists have gone and read my paper. And I feel for these guys. I mean, I really feel for these guys. But, you know, so, you know, we have this, now we're looking at this DNA diagram of Neanderthals and Denisovans and, home, and modern humans. Well, this, this chart does not bring us any closer to explaining what makes us human. And I would say part of what makes us human or versus what makes us not Neanderthals, not Denisovans, which we share DNA is, is that we made art. And I don't mean art that was painted on our faces or our chests or beads that are strung around our neck or, neck or some sort of tattoo or we just, just put our hand in the, in the mud and it just, we just happen to have it today. But we made, made figurative art of animals in their natural state that told us something about their world, or that told themselves about their world. And we can look back at that today and learn about their world. We can see that they were Arctic-like foxes in France that had shorter noses. We can see that they're hyenas that were, you know, stalking the mother bear while she was hibernating in her cave, trying to steal the antelope and the deer. And we can see that the, the they recognize the same thing that the, the you know cats look down on us and pigs treat treat us as equal. That they they had these same concepts and they had the, the same sensibility of the world as we did. And by putting the information on the walls of caves, just as we saw in the previous episode with the, with the um, 
the Gower of Discs, we saw we saw astronomy and we saw maps and we saw animal geography and all these sort of things. We built the foundations to learn from because Neanderthals may have had all this information in their head, and I have no doubt about that they, they could hold all this information in their head. They knew what a bear was, they knew what the bear cub was, they knew the hyena and the servant. They know all that stuff, but because they didn't write it down, that could be carried on. It had to be verbally transferred to somebody else. And it's also, in, in, if you, it's hard to travel. Um, it, it's hard to travel and hard to pass on information like that because you lose it. So, so if some manifold could have figured out calculus, but calculus in the head, I have no no issue with that. But that Neanderthal died, and the kids died in some sort of landslide or something, and they just lost everything. What we had the ability to do is we had to write down, put on the walls of caves, and so that we could hold this information and build on it over time. And we today look back at previous episode. We saw the maps. We saw the you know, the stars, and this one we're looking at this these these compilations of bears and other animals in the caves, and we can learn about their world. Neanderthals couldn't do that, and Denisovans didn't leave that record either. And that's what makes what I would say what makes us human. It also makes us spiritual beings. Because we we took these image this images of the natural world and we brought it down into the caves, and we connected the two realms. And we can travel out. We travel through the cracks in the caves, and we travel to the terrestrial plane, and we we experience the you know, you know, the, the enormity of the cosmos through this process. Whereas Neanderthals probably had a great time looking at mother bears and their cubs. Um, and just figuring out who, the, whether the moose or the mother bear was going to win the fight. But they didn't project it into the walls of caves as we, we have. And so charts like this do not tell us anything about what makes us human. And, uh, but we can today. And I have lots of links. I have lots of social media before Ryan.com as you start off as my web page and um, YouTube and all these sort of places. And we have, you know, you and I have got, Brandon, we've got about 10 hours of videos to catch up on, I'm going to tell you. Dude, um, we're going to do them all. Let's absolutely do this. This is a blast. We have we have material to do. So you have been silent through this whole process and just contemplating the cosmos. Where are you in this time and place? I, I um. Well, thank you. I mean, this is fascinating. Every time we speak, this is absolutely amazing. And so you you get the wheels turning in new directions, especially when it comes to answering questions with the best information that we have at the time. And that's sort of, I guess, what I was thinking with this is, you know, if these um, hybrid beings, which Homo sapientorthals, perhaps, um, maybe, you know, there was some sort of crossover, maybe, maybe some mushrooms, maybe not. Um, but how do paradoxical answers that can't be proven by science yet fit into any of your uh, possible notions of an answer for this? Would you like an example of that, or do you have an answer? Give me an answer. Give me an uh, example. Like, like time travel, uh, aliens, something like uh, maybe somebody time travel, because there's these things called UPAs, these out-of-place objects. Have you ever heard of these things? Mm -mm. Okay, so there's uh, amazing things called out-of-place objects, and uh, let me see, actually, if I can on the fly here, find you oh, some. Oh, actually, I, I understand that concept. Yes, yes, I do understand that. Okay. In fact, we in the previous episode, we had out-of-place objects completely. Right, right. And the out-of-place object was the gallery of discs where we saw all the characters in Greek, Greek astronomy in the same order on the cave wall as they were in the night sky. Completely out-of-place object. 
completely so it's 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 um completely out of place object because nobody could even have imagined it was there astronomy uh, there was no astronomy in the western mind past five thousand years ago absolutely zip didn't exist okay you know the indigenous peoples could you know see you know bears in the sky things like that but this concept of having the whole night sky at a certain time of year with the exact same animals as the ancient greeks is completely out of place nobody sort nobody expected it to happen even me completely out of place we talked about homo Ludi the last time we saw these these engravings on the walls of the rising star uh, the rising star cave the cave of bones nobody saw that coming and i sure as heck didn't see it and i had no concept that we we would have found the same characters in the same order as we find these upper pillars of the caves as we find the rising star cave in south africa the, the artists are connected i mean there's no question it's, it's like not even feasible so it's it's not a paradox it's that these artists knew each other they they knew each other's works they knew each other's works and that people there was cultural exchange between south africa and Europe 36,000 years ago. So sometimes when we, there are explanations for these paradoxes, when you, you, you've been studying the bigger picture and you say, oh my God, these things connect. I had no idea. I, this was even possible. And on the gallery of discs we talked about last time, we had the, the giraffe, the mother giraffe. And, um, I didn't know that that giraffe what came from South Africa, <clears throat> and someone was help, a wildlife biologist, very famous wildlife biologist, was helping me, and he said it was a Maasai giraffe, and I said, you know, I'm not going to go there because I knew there were giraffes in, in in North Africa, and I could sell that story that you know it was it's only a three hour swim across Strait Gibraltar from from from, um, from Gibraltar to Morocco, could have seen giraffes, swam back, I'm good. He said they were Maasai giraffes, and based on the, based on and the artists are really good, very descriptive how they they form their animals, and so Maasai the same artwork shows up in, in a cave in South Africa with the Maasai giraffe where Maasai giraffes are naturally are. It, it was it just blew my mind. Never thought that could happen, but I was told you know back in 2015, my wildlife biologist that's Maasai giraffe. And so we talked out maybe the Maasai giraffes had migrated a lot north and, you know, because, you know, tens of thousands of years to do that. So these are these paradoxical things that they if if you can catch the bigger picture with the elements that connect, they're no longer paradoxes. And so I think there's a lot of paradoxical characters out there that we're we're missing elements. And an obvious one for your audience is the pyramids and the Mayan, Mayan pyramids, too, right? I mean, every people look. My explanation for that is that um, you can go around the world, you can find pyramids, but they're not man-made. They're mountains all around the world. People look at mountains, they see Paradolian Mountain. They, the, the, the holy man always climbs the cosmic mountain, whether you call him a shaman or you call him a priest or you call him Moses, right? Um, doesn't matter what you call that person. Around the world, people climb mountains where they exist. And when they don't exist, people make mountains. So the Mayan, the Mayan region, the Yucatan Peninsula, is completely flat. But they felt they needed the mountains because that is this the spiritual mount, the, the spiritual mountain that the holy man needs to climb. The, the Giza Plateau, completely flat. But the, and they put the pyramids there. And when they stopped making the Giza pyramids, they went to the Valley of Kings, which has a pyramid type of mountain on top of it, and they built into the walls, which effectively be digging into caverns into the mountains. 
So the, I think that we we are we have this this archetypal um, symbol within our head of a mountain. We also have of a, of a river, a river of transformation. And Jung, the psychologist, Swiss psychologist, he studied the dreams of people. He found that the two most common um, non-organic elements that people find in dreams are the mountain and the water. Okay, and you can look. You can listen to songs. You can listen. Look at myths. You can look at, um, you know, Hercules and Perseus both climb a Jebel Tobacal with Mount Atlas. Um, you can go around the world. You can find all these great stories and poems and so on. You know, you can climb every mountain. You can cross every stream. We've heard that before, um, and we. It's because it comes from our unconscious. And so I don't think that there there is a physical there is that people who made the pyramids had any connection to the and the Mayan the Yucatan Peninsula, but rather much deeper in time, we come from a place where we develop these archetypal characters of this hero that goes on his journey to climb the mountain to reach the stars and have this the greatest transformation possible. Um, and so that's like a, that's probably the most common one that's out there that people talk about. Well, these obviously, my, yeah, darn right they are. And it's, it's actually pretty. If you're gonna make a, if you're gonna build a, you know, tall structures, the easiest way to do it is to do a pyramidal. Um, and so there's, um, and, and where people didn't build had mountains and hills, they they worship those instead. I lived in China for four years, and God, there's a, there's a stack of cosmic mountains um, with holy or heavenly or across the whole freaking whatever. There's a mountain. It's a cot, and people, people, young people, they, they say that to, you can never find nirvana, eternity, whatever it is, unless you've climbed the cosmic mountain. Uh, the mountain of transformation, the mountain of faith, to follow the holy man, people of those times. So was that an answer? It's an interesting thesis. It really, it really is yeah. because I mean, uh, if you think about it, mountains are revered. That's where all the gods are found. We've talked about it a bunch. You know, we even talk about them being open portals to inner earth, perhaps, or just you know, some mm -hmm. cool fun chats. But uh, to think about men, you know, bring bring the mountain to Mohammed, right? I mean, that's the thing. Is it's like. If you don't have it, uh, build it. And that's interesting. And then also, though, then it would be not only it's almost like a, a kind of one up and on God, right? It's kind of like, hey, you know, yeah, you got mountains and you draw people, but we draw people, too, because look at the mountain we built. And maybe that's what, you know, this Tower yeah. of Babel idea was, too, is just to build yes. some sort of killer mountain. You know what I mean? And say, yeah. like, fuck you, dad, to God or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's it's to build your own mountain to reach the great beyond and to cheat the you know, to it creates the platform for the holy man in the, the lowlands. Um, yeah. Yeah. It Everest, elevates you where you weren't elevated because God didn't give you mountains. You're like, well, fuck, I'll build my own. I like it. At the at the top of Everest, it's believed the, the, the regional people believe that that's where the, the gods preside. And of course, because for a long time they hadn't gone up there and therefore the gods are somewhere, therefore they're at the top of Everest. Um, so, and this is a concept we find all around the world. It's just, you know, I, I, I live here. I can look out the back window and the, you know, it's early in the day. And I can see Mount Hood, and Mount Hood was considered um, a, a sentient being. And there's another mountain called Mount Matt Adams, and they're, they're brothers, and they fought with each other. And they're both volcanic, and so the, the fighting was actually the volcanic rocks, right? And eruptions. Um, they fought over the third, a third a mountain, which is Mount St. Helens, which of course was a woman. And they, um, and they have a whole narrative, sacred narrative about this of these, of these, these 
animistic sanctioned mountains that are truly spiritual beings um, that tell them about the origin story of how their their world came to be. It's a it's a thing. I mean, it's a, and so Jung found that in the, in the dreams of people. Not maybe some people had read about the you know the Hercules who climbs uh, Mount Atlas, and maybe it, they'd learned about the other you know of of Abraham who climbs the mountain, or Jesus who's transfigured on a mountain, right, or mound. The same concept. It's no mountains there, right? So it's a mound, and uh, so we maybe they did, but they kept it with them, and that's what they dreamed about. And I believe that people around the world have been dreaming about these mountains, whether they're the Mayan temples aren't that high any tall. You may have been there; they're not that tall. I mean, they're tall. You can, if you're going to go build them, and say, "Wow, that's that's pretty tall." But you know, you, know, you look <laughs> I like at the downtown in, the in, a, in a city; it's like, really not that tall. <laughs> you know, if you look at any any, any like, midsize yeah, city, you'll see you know thirty, forty four buildings. You're like. You know, that's kind of tall. You go to New York City, you got some, in Chicago, you got some really big ones. You go to Dubai, you're even bigger than that, taller than that. So you're, um, they're, but that they're, um, they created their sacred mountains. And that's what I would, this is really, you're, you're a musician, and someday you're going to, you know, we're going to camp out and you're going to play yeah, your yeah. fiddle for, your fiddle for me, right? The, or, well, your flute or something. You're going to come gonna, hang out with us. We're starting to do these live events, man, next year. Yeah, here's a Billy Joel story, Billy Joel. And um, so Billy Joel was married to Christy Brinkley. And you know, in the scale of things, if you're going to, you know, find a spouse for life, you're, she's a pretty good one, right? Smoke and show. if you can have a, you can have a, you can have a, the, your, 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 your male, him being musician, Billy Joel is not so, if you're going to be dedicated to any one body of music, Billy Joel's not a bad one to have, right? I mean, you know, it's 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 not the Beatles. It doesn't I like have you that know. You like it. I think it's funny. Yeah, I know, like but it. it's 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 got you know. It's, I couldn't it's pick not one genre, and that's why that's why the face. I couldn't pick one genre, and that's the thing. If, well, if, if I had to pick, pick one genre, I I wouldn't. I would say, give me the tinnitus. I I I don't know that I'd want to, because then it's torture at that point. I would think. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. So she, you know, she heard. You know, she went to the concerts and she heard the same tunes. You know. You know, piano man. Or, but anyway, so Billy Joel has a dream one night. He has a dream. So he's dreaming. He's not dreaming about Christy because she's there, right? Doesn't need to dream about her. She's there. So he dream. He dreams in, in, in his dream. He dreams of mountains and rivers, and um, he actually dreams up the song, um, the um, the river song, the 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 um, what's the name of the song? The river song. He, um, I can Google um, this shit real quick. He, 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 he crosses the river. Song? He's afraid to cross the river and climb the mountains of faith. Um, the river of dreams, river of dreams, river, that's it. River of dreams. We got one trust, but verify buddy. I'm halfway through this bitch river of dreams. Very nice. Yeah, what so, year? What do you got? Uh, well, Christy Brinkley did the cover, like made the, drew the cover. I'm going to take a guess. 85. No, 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 I can't be it's, 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 I remember I was in the, I was living in New York and that was, I was 20, I was about 30 years old. And I'm 59 now, so it was about 30 years ago. I believe in you. Come on. It was about 30 years ago. <laughs> 93. Well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. You popped 80s in there, and I was like, so, I already know. Well done. I'll tell you this, I'll, Bernie and this Taylor. Is how I, I, Lord. This is how I kind of played it back was that I had a friend, and, um, and a mutual friend of ours had died. And we were, we, he died young in like his early 30s, 30s. And, and Billy he, he Joel expressed, had a mutual friend? 
no, no, a friend, a friend of mine in New York had a, a mutual friend, and uh, he, he, um, my mutual friend, we, my friend, we talked about a mutual friend. And he, he said to me that he 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 crossed to fish the other side of the stream, which was a metaphor. And my friend and I were talking about the Billy Joel song at the time, and um, about that time, so I, it kind of like all came together. It was it was talk, it was the talk, but it was archetypal talk that we all understood. Okay, so going back to Billy Joel, Billy Joel has this the River of Dreams song, and he wakes up and he has it in his head, and he says, you know, this is not like my thing. He's not a spiritual guy. And in fact, he says in the song, "I'm not a spiritual man." So he goes into the shower and he tries to like wash it off. But that doesn't actually work. You can't wash things out of your head. So he gets out of the shower and he's like, I'm just so frustrated with this thing. And I'm going to write it down to get rid of it. Well, now that he does write it down, it becomes one of one of his biggest hits, right? And, and it was like sort of like his later hits. It was like a, it was a solid song, you know. It, and it, the YouTube, the video, the MTV video, video at the time, he's got you know, three black guys in the background. They snap their fingers and got the dark glasses. And it's a very soulish type of thing. And Billy Joel didn't want to do it because he says, I'm not a spiritual guy. Now, I have some insight about Billy Joel is that um, I have some religious roots back in the, in the East Coast where I come from. And Billy Joel used to hang out at the Abbey and drink beer with the monks. And he would discuss these actual concepts that he he that evolved in the the river of dreams because he was trying to understand it himself. Well, if Billy Joel had spoken to a psychologist instead of the monks, God bless their souls, he would have found they would have said, "We know Billy." There's a metaphor, there's are archetypal characters about transformation, about you being afraid to cross to the other side. You're afraid of death. That is the transform. He, he, he's, he said it's too deep in the song. It's too far to cross and it's too deep to wade. It's about crossing to the other side to accept that there's a life beyond. And it's archetypally a life beyond. And that life beyond is was something, not really his person, is his, pers- his personal death at the moment to move on to something else. Don't know what it is. Don't know, you know, and a little bit Billy, but not that stuff. And uh, so, but he talks about crossing the river of, dream- the river of dreams and, the, and climbing the mountains of faith. And these are all the things that we find in the the poems and the myths that Young found in the dreams of people. And we find archetypal around the world in the monuments that we build, the the mountains that we revere and climb. There's no reason to climb a mountain. There's no reason. Absolutely not. You're treacherous. You get hurt. You die. There's absolutely no reason to climb a mountain. I love climbing mountains. Like not all the way. Maybe you just troll around. it's, It's psychological. But it's psychological. It's psychological. Yeah. So there's, it's deep. It's inside us. It's in our, it's an archetypal character within our psyche that we can't let go of. Mm. This is deep that's, shit, that's, Bernie. It is. Well, you know, we, well, we, we did go back seventy five thousand know, years. Back right? what I said. If I had to be stuck with one genre, I would. And you know why? Because the reverence you have for it would not make it torturous. Honestly, I think the, I think it's cute yeah. uh, that you like it so much. I want to show well, you no, something. No, 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 no. I'm saying that's what that's maybe Christie was. I mean, I personally, you know, I say it, it here that Christie made that choice. Oh, okay. You know. Well, then but, I you know, go back to fine. tinnitus. Check this out. I have a couple of things I wanted to show you on this um, before I turn you loose here tonight. But um, check this out, man. This is uh, something called Upaz. And we talked about this. I just kind of want to get your opinion on this. What about this thing? Like yeah. this cell phone that was found. Uh, let's go to, yeah. Okay, so this thing, an UPA, here we go. Uh, it's UPA, which is an out-of-place object. It's an acronym. Um, yeah, that's the Antikythera mechanism. I'm okay with that. So the Antikythera mechanism. The Indiana Jones? Yeah, I've seen What'd you think? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was you know, cool Indiana shit Jones, with the time travel yeah, thing with the tunnel. 
right. Yeah. For me to try and really go, like, cool. Flight 19. Yeah. There's that pilot who flew 100 miles going through a time tunnel. That's kind of the yeah. reference. Yeah, multiverse sort of stuff. Yeah, I got it. So yeah. anyway, the anti-consumer mechanism is a mechanical computer. And I would say that, you know, I say it's no big deal. And this is the reason why I would say no it's no big, big, deal. big deal. Look at this damn Because thing. this is the reason. Okay, this is the way. Because the, the ancient Greeks borrowed astronomy from cave artists 34,000 years ago. Okay. So they, they, oh, had, so they had time. Functions. They had a bunch of knowledge they built on is what you mean. I think the they had knowledge that they built so on. Yeah, I see. So they already had the synchronicity or the precision of the heavens figured out. So they yeah, could they just go it, yeah. into the craftsmanship of how to kind of portability it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay with, you know, that's, this, cool, the ancient that's Greeks, what we like. The ancient, the ancient Greeks had pulleys to, you know, take water out of the wells. Um, I mean, this is obviously a few steps of a pulleys to take the water. So, well, but it's, it's really cool. Um, it, it, it'd be awesome, really awesome if the Greeks had invented everything that goes into it, but they didn't. Well, kind of um, like Tesla's shit. His got his stuff got taken and put into everything. Like his patents are used in everything. Everybody just kind of ganked from him. So what if, uh, what was his name? They had, so let's put this, they had MS-DOS before they started building this thing. Was it Achilles? What, what, did, it take, oh. what did it take to develop MS-DOS? That was the big jump. Okay? That was Mushroom. a huge jump. You know, yeah. uh, well, and this is interesting, um, I think just because of the mechanism itself. But I th also think yeah, it's, it's now cool. more fascinating that Bernie's just like, it's Ethereum mechanism one star next all right so we will next year oh, yeah. sir. what about this cell phone thing what about this what the hell is going on this is not as advertised okay yeah they they find all this crazy yeah I say shit. A yeah yeah okay, so the cell phone the, i haven't looked i haven't, haven't looked into that? the cell phone one you know Do you want to watch a youtube video on it real quick everybody yeah so so this is what i this is what i so things oh, fall down 10. holes i don't want to sit you through that yeah so you yeah, think yeah, that yeah, this yeah. just maybe fell down a hole but it's got like look at this it's got like cuneiform on it which is why it's an issue right this is this is the the problem here is that yeah i have this. to I, I would want to look actually look before i had any comment on that one bro i, I want to take you. a look at, I, oh, I, see you, the, yeah, I see the yeah for shits and gigs let's say that do you think that this oh, is why does, that doesn't have to be a cell phone why is this is there is it electronics inside? uh i think so that's, that's a the, tablet Okay, yeah, just like a clay tablet that's been carved with yeah, cuneiform tablet, that. in that. But look at the designs. That's the exact layout that we would have for a cell phone. Isn't that yeah. wild? And and even yeah. next to now, I'm not paradoling. We're having fun with it. But yeah, even next to like they thousands. did here with this yeah. Nokia this here. Of, yeah, there's tens of thousands of tablets of of cuneiform love tablets. Write it off. I <laughs> love so, it. I to love have it. one that to come up with one that looks like that. I'm. What about know, this bolt? It's cool. I'm just going to ask you stuff. Just ruin our ruin our lives with this. What about this bolt? Uh, 21 objects found in coal and ancient artifacts. Yeah, let's do this. Cross these off the list for us here, Bernie. So um, uh, don't know about the bolt. I, I have I'd have to actually look ooh, at that. One. Have you heard of this shit with frogs? Live frogs being found in rocks. People are digging out. In oh, coal, I have no doubt. I'm going to tell you a story. I gotta, okay, you got to give me some live frogs. So I when I lived in uh, grew up in New York in Long Island, and I, we had a place up in New Hampshire that we visit. You know, ski in the winter and. That fished in the summer and stuff, and we used to fish with frogs, and we used, used to, put to fish in, with frogs are with they, were they live, live frogs. Okay, they were live frog. You put a hook and you threw it out there, and the and the bass or the pickerel would just like womp on them. Okay, okay, and um, and so we used to keep the frogs in the bucket, and then one year we forgot to take we forgot to take the frogs out of the bucket at the end of the summer, and they're in there. Okay, so so here's it. So they hibernate, hibernate, and then we went. We were up in the winter, so we're talking, you know, Christmas time. And turn the heat on. 
frogs jumping around. <laughs> no way. So, so as a concept, as a concept, um, frogs hibernate. I don't know how frogs or frogs will hibernate for. But or this if they is can a million it. year old. In, in, they sat there basically in a spot. Or let's say that um, I've, I've heard these other opinions because I've, I've, I've been fascinated by this phenomena forever. I heard like three stories of these old miners in the 1800s like cracking up in a piece of rock inside of 400 yeah. million year old coal. Like it's way the hell down. They can verify it's old as yeah. shit. And then a live frog hops out. And I've heard these ideas of like... There was a hole in it, so therefore an egg got in there, the frog grew, and then couldn't get out. How insane would that frog be after 400 million years of not going anywhere? And how would it get any nutrients or anything? Did it, like, things just fall in through and it just was able to sort of synthesize or... I don't know, due to the immobility, maybe it wasn't using a lot of energy and it could go on stasis? I mean, not eating for, like, well, you decades. Didn't ask a, like, how the hell does that happen, dude? If it's You real. didn't ask me what we, we did our frog in New Hampshire, the frogs that jumped out of the pail. What'd you do? Fish with them the next we, spring? Uh, we put them back in the tail. And then they eat went off. You know, it's, it's freezing. It's freezing. We put them, no, we left them in the basement. And um, they um, they popped out the next summer. Actually, they popped out in the spring before we got there because it warmed up enough. And um, they died before the, you know, we, we, we got there. Oh, with the happy but, yeah, so Okay, last one. I want to ask you about this. This yeah, 140. The hammer, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. he's writing it off already, ladies and gentlemen. So, okay, okay so I... I so this one's actually quite interesting and I have no issue that uh, it, this fell down a shaft and the, the material um, uh, the words not calcified, but whatever the word is for this material to, to move around it. Fossilized. Well, not fossil, fossilized, but the rock actually built around it. I have absolutely no issue with that, but that, that was the, like the first big artifact people started talking about like in the sixties and seventies. Um, and uh, I have no issue that this could happen because i've seen things you know i've spent enough time in places that i've seen these sort of things um but nobody said they were a 140 million year old hammer but they um but it's kind of cool you see things between each other that you know how did it actually get there um but yes i have no issue that that this fell down and the the, the material moved in around it as i said i was i was in spain a few months ago and i saw all kinds of material that moved around um, um, material uh, objects that were like stuck. So some sort of landslide or something you think? Like a hammer wasn't wasn't that old. Ooh, have you ever heard of liquefaction? Have you ever heard of that shit, Bernie? Um, Check this shit out. I need an example. But I've, the, the, the hammer, I can, I've seen things like that. And, um, I've seen tens of thousands of, actually, actually not, I mean, not 10,000, we're talking, um, you know, 12,000 years I've seen that sort of stuff. I've seen 12,000 years of that sort of stuff and I have no reason to believe it couldn't happen in this shit. Check this out. This is what kind of like the mud floods and the Tartaria idea. Have you gone down that rabbit hole yet, bud? The <laughs> it's fun. Okay. If you we, answer we, we'll do it for another one. Okay. We'll do it for another yeah. one. Cause it's a fun talk, but look at this shit, how the cars just like fall. You know what I mean? And how yeah. like this, they got these sticks yeah. going on, but it just like, so here's the diagram of it. Here's the science of it, everybody. Basically the ground is solid and then something shakes the piss out yeah. of the ground. The ground becomes not so yeah. solid and then sinks like everything and just like sure. wallows shit up, dude. So is that what maybe could have happened to this hammer? It just got caught in a couple of these uh, violent acts of liquefaction is what it's called. And then it, um, or someone just dropped it down, down a sh hammer down a shaft, you know, what you're Drop looking at here, like the le le leaning tower pieces sort of stuff. Um, you know, people built oh, on, on okay. steady ground. 
Yeah, it's that same concept. But yeah, I have no issue that somebody dropped down I didn't the shaft. I think that and, the leaning power tower of Pisa could have been done to the liquefaction. That's fascinating. Yeah, it was through this. The ground below was not stable and it tilted exactly what you're looking at right there. Mm, mm, mm. I think it's yeah. interesting. And then uh, let me just before again and before I let you go, I've got uh, I want to show you this video of it because it's fascinating. Uh, there's examples that people do with some models. Here we go. The shit right here. Oh, for fuck's sake, the ad. Uh, everybody, again, yeah. check the... Um, if you have it by now, uh, there's a video link down there that you can check out. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, this is lame. Oh, okay, here we go. You got it so Look cool. Look at that shit. Yeah, leading cows and peas. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, think of that on, like, a big-ass scale. You know what I mean? To where maybe it yeah. did that for, like, let's say a week what would be left on yeah. the surface then then you ask yourself well, what's like buried just under your house or some shit maybe like 50 feet way further than the sewer systems or anything like that would go oh yeah but there's all kinds like of crap down there. there so i'm gonna tell you a story so we have we have floods here in oregon and we had a huge one it was about 25 years ago and it was ma absolutely massive and so we have it might be like 20 30 meters between the rivers and the bridge at the highest level right now and the the floods went over the bridges and so you know, in these lowland areas, you had like your, your um, targets and your Fred Myers, they were flooded. You know, the whole streets were flooded. What was really what was really cool is you had all this water flowing over the bridges. It was also flowing to the land around it. And so all the fish were thrown up and were swam up into the, the pastures. And when the water receded, the fish didn't go back with the water. They got stuck in, they got stuck in these divots. Happy and cats. so you, it smelled like crap. Yeah. Um, because you had you had like dead fish for a long time because all these dead fish. Um, so the, you know, I've seen floods, I've seen dramatic these sort of things, and I'm you know, I lived through the big flood. You know, I, I was there, so I'm the woman Noah. Well, not that big flood, yeah, but I've seen I've seen floods. Man, can't floods are crazy, especially like you're out hiking or something like that, and you get those flash floods. Have you ever been caught in one of those or seen one? In India, that's where they happen, right? I mean, everywhere. Sri Lanka. They'll, they'll happen just like yeah. in a desert area. They happen in Texas. I mean, just anywhere where water mm. hasn't been for a while. Yeah, or you like, have yeah. been flowing at a real low rate, and then they'll open a dam, or maybe just in a tremendous amount of snow melt will come down at once, and then just boom. And those things come yeah. through with all the logs and everything, and the rocks, and it just like scours everything as yeah. it goes down, just taking bridges out and shit. It's wild, man. Yeah, we don't have, see, in Oregon, we have like firm soil and we have big fir trees and we have elk that hold the ground That's beautiful down out there yeah so i've been to crater lake out we, there have you ever been there crater um i have never been it's to crater down lake. the street I've from your to, house go well, see this thing five miles five hours down the road from down from up, texas that's down the street from your house dude go see and that then damn two thing. miles it's so worth it. east yeah i've been a lot of places in oregon but not crater lake Man, someday put it on the list for you and the wife just hop over there for yeah. you know a weekend something like that maybe stay nearby <laughs> it's got a little island in the middle of its deepest yeah. Uh, yeah. lake in yeah. the uh, north north america i think it's fucking crazy that thing yeah anyway yeah, bernie taylor I love the shit out of you. Did you have anything else you wanted to uh, leave us with before we cut it for this time? And of course, we're going to be adding more episodes to your to the list here again, like your first one, 218, down in the show description, uh, as well as uh, if you want to shoot me a le uh, link for that D-Stretch app, I will totally link that thing down below. Yeah. I know that our audience is you familiar guys. with that, with the work of um, Jose Miguel Perez Gomez. He came on and he uses the cool. same stuff. He's an archaeologist down in uh, Argentina. He's awesome. I'll get you connected. Cool. He's cool shit. Um, 
Anyway, Bernie, it's so good to see you, dude. Thank you again for all of this. This is fascinating. We have so many more of these to look forward to you. And let's just work through the stacks of videos you said that you have for us. And let's just do it, buddy. We'll do it. Make it happen. Peace and be well. <laughs>